When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, Lori and Julia Shell, for your Thursday, My Talk 1071, everything entertainment, another beautiful day here in the Twin Cities, and Julia is uh, on a... She's on vacation. She's on vacation. She's much yes, needed that's vacation. Right. And uh, she'll be back on Monday, so we're very happy today to welcome in Paul McGuire Grimes to the show. That's right. It's great to be here. Paul's trip to the movies. You're probably going to be on with uh, Colleen and Bradley in tomorrow. the next day. Tomorrow, yes. you're yep. re- reviewing the movies for the weekend. Yeah. Maybe you'll give us a sneak peek. A little sneak peek today. All right. I think we should start, though, um, today. All of the uh, morning news shows were. Not broadcasting, but they were doing like back and forth. Uh, people were in on the coast of Normandy, France, at the beaches for it's the 75th day. anniversary. That's right. It's something we definitely need to think about and remember and reflect on. And it was, you know, like just kind of surreal seeing it because Casey and I were just there in September mm. and it was so um, sobering and moving and just like incredible because right. these little villages along the coast, they look unchanged. Right. You know, there's Which not is good big building. That they've, you know, they're not putting up uh, IKEAs there or something. There's nothing, nothing. It's like the that. land of Normandy. Is the land of cows and cheese, camembert specifically. Oh, yum. That's what they're right. known for. But um, yeah, it was really the American cemetery that sits. It's really can. How do you say the name? Col- Colavere Sumer, Colave. Sumer, it's C O L L E. Sumer is by the sea. Well, Donnie, I know that. C O L L E V I L L E. L E. That's where oh, the American wow. cemetery is, and it sits on a bluff, and it's like nine thousand three hundred. I think we might have it in this story. Well, let's tune okay. into GMA because this is uh, most of these, and these would have been the you know guys that were seventeen, eighteen, nineteen mm-hmm. when they were enlisted. These guys are now in their nineties, so. Um, some of them never have gone to Normandy before. And so Jimmy, I thought, had a really good uh, story. It is a journey they never thought they would make. World War II veterans from every corner of the country who we have documented for weeks now. They were there on D-Day. 75 years later, they were going back. They were the young men who stormed the beaches, watched brothers die, who bravely changed the course of the war. Returning to that beach, perfect strangers approaching them, showing their gratitude, walking up to Onofrio Zakari from Las Vegas to say thank you. Thank you for everything you guys did for your service. 50 miles of coastline, the beaches codenamed Utah, Omaha, Gold, Juno, Sword. 
veterans hand in hand here, returning to where it all began. A stranger handing Jack Claiborne of Tennessee flowers. What did they say to you when they gave you the flowers? Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and it was uh, so, I mean, it was just so sweet. All of the, I mean, CBS had a great story. Uh, NBC had a story. A guy with that did a tandem jump. Mm-hmm. He was in the 101st Airborne, 97 years old. And he had to go, he had to train for it. And he jumped, would have been yesterday. Yeah. There's a great article on churchtribune.com today that my husband pointed out to me. It's probably in the paper too, about Anafrio Zakari and how he fought and how he watched his best friend killed right in front of him and how he's now going back for the very first never time. Never gone. Never gone. Now he gets that closure to say goodbye to his friend yeah. for the last time. And yeah, because almost everybody is buried at that cemetery right. that died on those beaches that day. And you know, there's not many left of that generation no? and they don't really no. talk about yeah. it anymore. And no. I really wish I would have, I, mean, I had a grandpa, my step-grandpa fought on D-Day and my another grandpa was a World War II um, soldier, and I wish I would have talked to them about it when they were both alive, and I really regret that. If they that. would have talked to you about if it. If they would have, yes. Yeah. And yeah. Donnie, your your grandfather was... My father. Your dad, I'm yes, sorry. Yeah, my father. He wasn't, I just, I checked with my brother today, uh, and he was not uh, at D-Day. He was in another huge battle that was going on. Two days uh, before D-Day, he was part of the uh, Allied invasion of Rome. Of Rome, wow. So he was, he was in that theater of the war. Uh, I know, we're, they were fighting all over the place all on the three place, yes. three different uh, fronts. Yeah. I, my second favorite father-in-law, Raleigh Dove, God rest his soul. Oh, second favorite. Favorite. <laughs> Not the first favorite, <laughs> <No>. second favorite. <laughs> second favorite. <laughs> he knows his place. He was in the 86th Airborne mm-hmm. and jumped on D-Day at like 3.30 in the morning. And, uh, you know, there's be like 18 paratroopers yeah. per plane. And on average, maybe three would mm. make it per plane. And he, to set up communications behind, behind the German the lines, lines yeah, right. and, uh, you know, they landed, they, they jumped at three, four in the morning, pitch black. I can't imagine. I, I know. Can you imagine oh. that? So, but he was, um, he, he talked about his, um, because he was gone for four years. I, he talked about his experiences, but it, it took a long time before he even talked to his, sons or anything about it but we've got a couple more cuts from jimmy let's Let's play it let's hear from some of the vets and we would meet up with them again at the normandy american cemetery what is it like to be back 75 years later well it's it's uh it's a good feeling now a good feeling now he says that their shared history is being remembered on this anniversary but jack claiborne of tennessee says remembering that day is not easy 75 years later, do you still remember that day? Yes, sir. Vividly. Yes, sir. They all do, which is why for some the decision to come back was not an easy one. Harold McMurrin of Alabama. In many ways, it's difficult to come back. True. In fact, this is my first time back. And I came within, I'm going to say, one hour of not coming back. Has this brought you some peace? Yes, it has. Oh, we're grateful you came back. Thank you. How important is it that everyone back home remember? I I don't want anybody to forget this. It's too important. It's it's just too important. Oh, let's get a little ch- choked up. Just, I know. Oh. Let's hear from one more. Yeah, I think this is about the guy who jumped. Okay. Okay. In 1944, Staff Sergeant Tom Rice was with the 101st Airborne Division, flying in a C-47 when he jumped out over Normandy. And 75 years later, just watch as he 
man in roughly the same spot where he was a paratrooper in 1944. After the war, he became a high school teacher for 44 years in San Diego. He did not tell his students he'd earned a bronze star and a purple. And all of these years later, he trained for six months for this day. A bumpy landing, but he was just fine with it. Okay, sir. Okay. Beautiful jump. Beautiful. Everything was perfect. 75 years later, honoring the brothers, he lost. I do it as a commemoration for D-Day. For those who were killed, captured, injured. It's important to remember the event of D-Day because we made history. And for this group of veterans who we have followed, who became men on this beach, who met each other to make this trip back together, a salute in Normandy. Well, I mean, isn't that Very something? Good. And he yeah. was so like excited when he uh, when he landed because they right. came and they landed on their their stomachs, and he jumped up and he said, "I'm 97 and eight and a half." That's right. I love yeah, it. He did. I yeah. love it. And he'd do it again <laughs> anyway. So uh, just yeah, good good to remember that. And that this, there's a, a lot of amazing stories everywhere. Know your history. Yes. Know why it matters. How it relates to today. Absolutely. And when we come back, we're going the shallow route with oh. our story. We can't <laughs> yeah. get enough of. Why are we playing Beyonce? Because uh, Twitter did what Twitter does best. And last night, Beyonce and Jay-Z were at the, uh, you know, the basketball game, that Raptors-Warriors game. Apparently, it's the finals, the championship, Paul Grimes. it is the finals. Yeah, you know about that? Oh, yeah. Okay. I got it on the DVR right now. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So, Beyonce gave epic side eye amazing amazing to go to twitter right now that's right to the wife of the warriors owner they were sitting courtside and twitter picked up on it right away because this woman kind of leaned over and she's got these amazing thigh high gold Mm. boots she looks quite a bit younger than the guy next to her who apparently is the owner yeah and everyone was capturing beyonce um we posted it too, didn't we, Donnie? Yeah, you can watch it. Watch yeah. it, and but the woman t- is talking, you know, just to Jay Z. Just as if Beyonce is not even there, and Beyonce's like, "Let me remind you who his wife is. Let yeah. me just push you, push you out of the I, way." I look Very at it gently. Yeah, I look and I see Beyonce giving her a shove, yeah. like a back the heck up, and uh, because Twitter does what Twitter does best, then the. The beehive swarmed oh, this lady's yes. Insta. They found out who she was, and then they did all kinds of memes because Beyonce ends up facing her legs away from the woman. The body language couldn't be more clear that they Beyonce can't stand this lady. Right? No, just cannot stand it. her. Um, have you? I asked you before. Have you watched the Beyonce Homecoming no. concert on? I need okay. to. On this HBO? Unacceptable. No, Netflix streaming. Oh, two well, hours. Go. It's her performance at Coachella. Yeah. It is brilliant. It is. You will look at her in a new light. You will understand why she is the artist that she is. And yeah. It's not even just about her, it's about how she brought up all of these young black musicians and performers and dancers and gave them this performance to really shine. And right. It was a big the cheer communal. squad oh, and all God. of that. It was phenomenal. Like all right, a 200 I do. piece orchestra. Jeez. You None of us it. have watched it here. Donnie, I, Donnie hasn't watched uh, it. I haven't watched it. Uh, too much to watch, Daryl. Too much to watch. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I, but but we, I do, because you're not the first person to say that in mm-hmm. all the reviews, and it, it was on my list, and yep. I'm sure it's something that... Um, 
Casey would probably say, no, I'm not going to watch that. Right. So I have to find, I have to carve away yes, TV time I, away oh, from him. I get it. My TV time is Sunday morning, and it's like two hours. I got to fit into Riverdale. There, and yes. Oh, another Riverdale fan. Yes. Oh, Riverdale oh, was so satisfying how it ended. Oh. It all came together. It was well, so good. And the tease for next season. Yeah. I mean, Jughead. Yeah. Let's be real. Here. Yeah, I know. That's a great show. Yeah. It's a great it. show. Yeah. So anyway, getting if you want to take a look at a Beyonce uh, reaction to this, the woman was identified as Nicole Curran, and she's the wife of the Golden State Warriors owner, Joe Lacob, who to me, and it looked like he was like sleeping and barely awake, <laughs> but the internet saw the video and concluded that Beyonce didn't, wasn't having it. And so um, now... I don't think her shove was a signal to the beehive or anything like that. But you don't mess. But but you don't mess. Back you with the big hair, got to back up. Exactly. And here's the lady has spoken. Okay. Nicole Curran has spoken. All right. She gave an exclusive to the Daily Mail. <laughs> to the Daily Mail, of course. Can't even keep this straight. Like, let's get a good uh, resource yeah. here. She uh, told the Daily Mail that Beyonce and Jay-Z were her and her husband's guests to watch Game 3 of the NBA Finals. She said, I have been cyberbullied, and I think it's very unfair. She had to make her Insta page private. As a hostess, I offered her a drink and then him one as we don't have floor service at our games. Okay. I had to lean in to hear what he wanted. Mm. That is it. No story, just bullying. So sounds reasonable. She yeah. does not like that she got buzzed on her Insta and all the Becky with the good hair memes were going around. And the thing is, the only the thing that just I say about that is that why didn't Jay Z then like look at her and just say, you know, I'll have a rum and coke or right. You know, don't you just know what Jay Z wants? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't know. Now you got some more sports talk for us, don't I you, do. Laurie? I do because what? what? Yeah, what station are we, on? we just need fifteen minutes. Yeah, Let's just fifteen okay. minutes. <laughs> so the other story that happened is that at the game last night, um, the, one of the minority investors. So explain to me how so one guy is the owner, but yet there's minority. Well, there's investors. always minority investors. Oh, there are. Oh, yeah. All right, I thought the oh, owner what? owned everything. No, not necessarily. Okay. He's the majority owner. Okay, so this guy is a minority investor, and his name was Mark Stevens. He was sitting courtside across from Beyonce and Jay-Z, not involved with any of this, but when a player, um, I don't know what player, that would be too player much. Player B, I don't know. Player A, <laughs> yeah. he was he was on, um, anyway, he shoved this guy, Kyle Lowry, who plays for Toronto, he fell into the first row seats. Yeah, and happens. as he was picking yep. himself up, the guy visibly shoves his shoves him away. And so now he... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. He has been banned indefinitely from coming to any games. He's been suspended from team activities. I, I agree with that. You can't do that. If you go to LeBron James's Instagram, at King James, he yes. posted this video, and yeah. it's very clear that the guy felt the player, Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Lowry, yeah, yes. exactly, fell into the stands at normal, and then the guy goes and shoves him shoves instead of him. like, oh, let me help you get back onto the court. Yeah, yeah I got that term right. By the way, the yes, you did. <laughs> Thank yes, you. you did. I mean, shoves him. That was a true shove. Unlike Beyonce, you have to study that video for yourself and yeah. see what she meant with her shoulder, but you could read everything in her face. And I do think that that is like completely annoying mm-hmm. if you are at like a thing with tight quarters and someone is talking over you to talk to the person you're with. It's very tough at these basketball games. I go to so very many right. of them. Yeah. I don't see it. Well, it's love. <laughs> <laughs> it's love. What do you want to drink, Jay-Z? Lowry told the Associated <laughs> Press, listen, he had no reason to touch me. He had no reason to reach over two seats and then say something vulgar to me. Absolutely on the money. He said there's no place for people like that in the league. Hopefully he never comes back to an NBA game. So now I Mm. wonder what he said. I was imagining what Beyonce was thinking and Twitter was filling in the blanks. She'll write about a song. She'll write a song about it. Yeah, I doubt it. I don't think it means that much. <laughs> oh, I'm but, sure it does it. But we um, got a song. It's going to be called "The Oracle." Yeah, oh, which is the name of the concert. But listen to this now, you guys. So, um, uh, who's Ramona Shelburne? Well, I don't know who she is, but she's just tweeted. She's a senior writer for ESPN. Okay, okay. and she says that um, that. Jay Z asked for a vodka soda, and she asked if he wanted lime with that, but it was so loud she couldn't hear. So she leaned over. That's where the photos of Beyonce looking askance at her come from. She had no idea anything was amiss until she got home and started seeing texts from friends and checked her social media. And um, Beyonce just wanted water and apparently she was in tears because she'd been getting death threats on social media oh, all I don't night. Believe that's that. stupid. And it's stupid, but I believe it because people are hey, awful. That is the Twitter on. being bad. Yes. Yeah. So. It's one thing to just show the video and, you know, give a hashtag, said, but yeah. death threats are ridiculous. They really are. So anyway, um, that's that's why Nicole is um, going Insta private, and this is from being reported by Ramona Shelburne from ESPN. So, um, this is anyway, the first that's time not I'm good. Ramona's in Twitter. Yeah, I, I know. Same her. here. Same <laughs> here. Yeah, I'm not going to follow her. But. That's so surprising. I know. No, she don't well. follow somebody who writes for ESPN. I know. So, you know, I got to make sure I get that channel when I go yeah. home on my DVR. Yeah. Jeez, so, it. boy, it doesn't take much to just rile up the beehive. Oh, no, I mean, this is just, you know, trolls. And it's like these people that want all these petitions to change the ending of Game of Thrones or Avengers or to bring back a solo to. Now, will Beyonce and Jay-Z go? Will they be invited to sit courtside? 
by Nicole and her husband again? Or will they no longer get that invitation? Or will they be seen together and Beyonce will walk in arm in arm with her or something to disarm? I think it'll be the last one. The I last think, one. you know, we want to shut down this hate talk. Yes. Let's arm in arm. Okay. Yeah, they'll be back. Okay. All right. There oh, you go. Donnie, you we'll heard it here from Paul Grimes. Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow night, we find out. Is the game? Four. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is it, game four and yeah. it'll be there. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You want to go to an NBA, you know, finals game two, two nights in a week? Why not? Why not? Yeah, that's what I say. Birdside, yes. Thank you. I will. All right, listen, we'll be right back. Madonna really hated. All right, now I'll give you the weather, which is brought to you by Ashley Home Stores, and the amazing uh, weather is going to continue. Clear 64 tonight, 88 tomorrow, 86 on Saturday. It's going to be sunny all the way through that period. Right now, it is 83. I think we know who this is. Donnie, thanks for the Madonna song. So yesterday, I, I I did not read the entire New York Times profile on Madonna. I read the Cliff Notes version. I think that was in the Huffington Post. But I liked I liked what I read. Some of the stuff, and we kind of talked about it yesterday. Yeah, like yeah. there was some good stuff. But then this morning, I took the time to read the whole New York Times profile because Madonna came out this morning and said uh, she hated. The profile. So I wanted to read the whole because it's Madonna at 60, New York Times Magazine. And it's um, a long article. It's a very long article. And uh, I, I thought, okay, what is Madonna so mad about? You know, because here's what Madonna said. She said, um, um, let's see, to say that I was disappointed in the article would be an understatement. Full of misspellings, her insta. You wow. can tell she did it t- you know, like just <laughs> did it fast. Did it fast. I, I get it. No, I get it. missing some uh, abbreviations or apostrophes. It seems you can't fix society and its endless to need to diminish, disparage, or degrade that which they know is good, especially strong, independent women. The journalist who wrote this article spent days and hours and months with me. And was invited into a world which many people don't get to see, but chose to focus on trivial and superficial matters such as the ethnicity of my stand-in, meaning starting at the Billboard Music Awards. She starts out the article with that. Or the fabric of my curtains at my home. I mean, what? That was in the story, Donnie. <laughs> okay. And never-ending comments about my age, which never would have been mentioned had I been a man. Women really have a hard time being the champions of other women, even if they're posing as intellectual feminists. I'm sorry oh. I spent five minutes with her. Oh, dear. oh, and this was written by a woman. Yes. Yes. Oh, dear. It makes, this is Madonna saying, it makes me feel raped. And yes, I'm allowed to use that anal- analogy, having been raped at the age of 19. Because she had said that in her interview with the New York Times when Rebel Heart leaked that she felt mm-hmm. raped and assaulted. And she sticks by that word. I don't like that word being used as a that word rape is rape and then it's not comparison it's not a comparison thing but whatever i have never been raped and so if that's madonna whatever so i'm sorry i spent five minutes with her and i thought 
Okay, I need to read this article. Right, it's getting juicy. And um, here's what I came up with. This writer, Vanessa Grigor Diaz, uh, she's been in trouble before with some of her uh, reporting. Nicki Minaj called her out specifically uh, in 2015 um, because of how the reporter framed questions to her, asking her, do you... She didn't like that she asked her, are you always this dramatic why it was a lot of drama right okay and then justin bieber's people were furious with with this reporter because um uh he she asked justin bieber when he was 16 what his thoughts on abortion were like not appropriate okay so i read the article Mm -hmm. completely all right here 22 pages (laughs) um the reporter refers to herself in the article as I 52 times. Which is unacceptable. Like, I mean, I didn't get a degree in journalism. Okay. But like, why? Like, it's not about you. Exactly, if you're writing about Madonna, yeah. write about Madonna. Yeah. And if you want to sprinkle it with how you came to know Madonna or your relationship with her in a, in a fan sense. Yeah. That's fine. But don't make the article about yeah. you. So I count it 52, 52 times, times, 40 references to aging. Mm. in the article now the reporter has no control over madonna at 60 that's the new york times but um i'll give you just an example the sex bomb at 60 was slightly less than bionic that's you know sort of i don't know what that means um uh let's see older musicians have to pander to the teenage demographic um among my middle-aged peers, this is the reporter saying, my female and gay male peers, mostly Madonna is still an object of fascination. Mm-hmm. Like, why would that, the still part be? Anyway, um, it's. Uh, let's see, what else does she say? Um, she does say, despite unforgiving paparazzi shots of the work on her face, she was shockingly beautiful up close. <laughs> so that's like a compliment, a, na- a, a backward compliment. A backhanded compliment, yeah. Um she greeted me with a wide tooth showing smile that seemed generous. We had met once before in a conference room that had the most flattering lighting on the planet. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, <laughs> not important. Okay. Then no. she said, she told me back then if I asked a stupid question, I had to take a drink of tequila. But if I had a smart question, she would drink. And at one point, I asked her if she planned to fall in love and marry again. And she said, What does romance have to do with getting married? Stupid question, down it. Only later did I realize she'd created a distraction and avoided the question. So I kind of like that she, you know, tells that story. Um, then um, she, the reporter says, I seized the opening um, when Madonna says she can't, doesn't ever take sleeping pills, even though she's like a notorious insomniac. Right. We've known that about her. So the reporter writes, I seized the opening to ask how she felt in her body these, my day, in her body these days. And Madonna said to her, well, you're my doctor. Oh. Okay. That's clearly, did. Well, that's, um, that's clearly, uh, 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 so that's an age question. Yes, very you much know, so. She's couching it with different terms, but. Uh, let's see what else. Then another thing um, she talks about. I asked her how she felt about her old hits. I asked her how much longer she thought she would make music. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine anybody asking? No one asks Mick Jagger that. Th- that's right. Then she said, um, um, what else did she say? I first heard Madonna when I was 11. 
I love the way she did this. My friends and I were virgins singing along to like a virgin. When Madonna moved to Manhattan, my mother took me on a graffiti-drenched subway. I, you, do you see where I'm going? When yeah. I told Madonna I was at the concert, the Papa Don't Preach concert or whatever the mm-hmm. whatever that tour was, uh, Madonna asked how old I was then. And she said, wow, that's young. So I asked her, how does, how does that make you feel when people reminisce as I had? Um about going to a concert when you're... I mean, any singer yeah. hears this. I've loved yeah. you since I was 13. Yeah, that's okay, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. She also said... Um, she writes about Madonna. As a middle-aged uh, mother, I wanted to know, you know, how she felt about... I wanted to ask her about, you know, being an older mom at the playground. Mm-hmm. Um, her kids are older than playground level. Well, but this reporter. Oh, right. The two girls are still playground age. They are playground age. But again, and then she writes, as Madonna grew older, she had young lovers, sometimes even 30 years her junior. Mm. You can see why Madonna doesn't like this. Yeah. Um, Then she also said uh, um, about Madonna, I realized I couldn't ask her about anything as personal as menopause. Well, <laughs> why would you? Because you wouldn't ask to? Mick Jagger about erectile dysfunction. Donnie, exactly. <laughs> but I had to broach the topic of aging. Wow. I I absolutely had to, and um, uh, I didn't. Let's see. When we talked about aging, I was surprised when she turned the issue back on me. She said, "I think you think about growing old too much. I think you think about your age too much. You should just stop thinking about it. Just live your life." Don't be influenced by society trying to make you feel some type of way about your age or what are you supposed to be doing? And the reporter tells Madonna why that's hard to do. And she said, I agree, but um, do it anyway. Right. Basically. Anyway, then the reporter writes, I felt foolish for thinking she'd want to talk to me about my own concerns about aging. She's an icon, not a shoulder for me to lean on. So there was a little Mm self-awareness there. Mm -hmm. Um, You kind of wonder what the original version of this article was like how did the editor like well this is all i mean it is a lengthy it's very long story but again towards the end of the article most of us realize as we age we can't make the puzzle pieces of our life's fit and we've made peace with that i don't even know what What? that means i have no idea either what are you talking about i know puzzle pieces of my life Life. and and at one point to me madonna has better quotes in this story At one point, Madonna said to her, well, your truth when you're 18 is not your truth when you're 28 or when you're 38. Life is not black and white. It's gray. One minute you feel strongly about something, and then maybe you won't in five years. This is a great quote. She was talking about her career later on in her life. She just says, that's the struggle, I suppose, of being in a marriage or a relationship, especially as a woman. We often think we have to play down our accomplishments or make ourselves smaller so we don't make other feel people feel intimidated or less than. I know. No, there's a lot of good. There's, Madonna, it's how she, this reporter, stitched this story. And I thought, what I the bet. the point of this story? Just her getting older and like I, then it just goes all Well, it's for Madam X and it's the New York Times. And then at the end of the article, she talks about um, that she was doing, uh, it ends where the story begins, the Billboard Music Awards. And then she, you know, she, Madonna even had her own lighting specialist who monitored all the news outlets, lighting apparatuses for shadows and bathed her in pure white light. That makes sense. That makes sense. Again. (laughs) Yeah. So 
I am excited about Madame X. I, I want to hear it. I love the Rebel Heart album. That tour Same. was phenomenal. So and you've good. listened to some of the Madame X songs, haven't you? I, I yeah, a think bunch of them. we've only like three. There's been a, there's uh, another one four. tomorrow. Okay, I think we've heard four. Four is it four? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, and some reviews have been out and are liking it. They said you know she's pushing the boundaries, but Madonna is pissed with this yeah. reporter and. Um, after I read the story and I counted up all the eyes and the aging references, <laughs> it and just sort of like, I really want to talk to Madonna about menopause. Right? No, you or, don't. I mean, if you would ask, like Donnie said, Mick Jagger about erectile dysfunction, yeah, you don't do no that. one ever brings up to Robert De Niro. I'm Bradley Trainer, and I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like this: A list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Oh, hey, you had prostate surgery. Is your wiener working anymore? <laughs> I mean, we know that it does. So. Well, we don't know if it does. Uh, how do you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Very, <laughs> very often when that little walnut gives out, a lot of stuff doesn't work. Okay. I'm just saying. My future. But you know what I'm saying? You yeah. would not say no, that to a guy. So not. Madonna is, I'm, damn it. it. Why yeah. would you piss off Madonna? I, I, think this, I think this woman went into this interview with a chip on her shoulder and an agenda. Well, but I I don't, I mean, you can tell that she likes Madonna, but at the same time, she feels like a closeness to her in a way because they met five years ago. She went to her concert when she was 11. She doesn't seem to be, she's bringing a lot of her stuff in. Like she really wanted to get into it with Madonna. How do you feel about being the oldest mom at the playground? Right. Because this Vanessa is the oldest mom at her playground. And she's like, yeah. Madonna probably doesn't even think about it because no. otherwise, why would you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you, yeah. your age isn't going to bother you if you decide you're going to adopt children at the age of 53 or yeah. something. Yeah. I mean, and she'd already had kids, so yeah. she already knew, you know. There's a good family photo of them in this article. Yeah. I do like the pictures. Yeah, and I, I got to read the article I know, for the but, pictures. Oh, she put her on blast. All right, yeah. listen, we come back. Uh, we are going to get a sneak peek with uh, movies. Paul's going to take us on a little Paul's trip to the movies when we come back. vacation and paul mcguire grimes is with us and of course you know i'm from clean and bradley show paul's trip to the movies are yes. you on like twice a month or something like that every friday I'm every on. friday you 15 are. every friday i'm All also right. on twin cities live every friday Tomorrow, look at you well that's because i'm busy prepping for oh, this I, show I exactly that's why i don't prep. know that's okay that's right. um i would also love it if people follow me on instagram and twitter at paul's movie trip i'm trying to get over a thousand followers today please? on instagram so please follow me on instagram everyone do you give little um like two or three word uh or do you Sometimes, post your whole review i post a lot of reviews on my website paul's trip to movies.com also on youtube just search Paul Strip to the movies yeah. on YouTube. Three, two to three minute reviews. Okay. Some, you know, things are going and on. And what do you like town. Twitter for? I'm posting headlines, stories, my okay. reviews, when I'm on, where people movie can find gossip. me. Oh, movie gossip. Okay. Yeah. I and then Insta, what do you like? Different. I do stories. 
uh, posting my reviews again. What I'm gonna be at books that I'm reading right okay. now. My TV programs that I love. Yes, good. All right, yeah. so you're full of pop oh, culture I'm always, knowledge. Always typing away. All right, so the only movie related thing that Donnie posted. Well, he posted actually two things. Margot Ro- Robbie is on the cover of the next issue of Vogue, of course, promoting Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then Gal Gadot uh, is rocking this. Uh, very 80s inspired poster for a tease for Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. So those are our only movie oh. things that we posted for y'all today. But what... Uh, this poster is stunning for Wonder isn't Woman. Isn't it cool? Oh, mm. her, she's going to be back. Chris Pine, Hottie Pine is going to be back next year In 1984. This. Ooh, it's uh, a great decade. Yeah, very, very much so. <laughs> um, Donnie, I got a movie for you next for tomorrow. I'm for kidding. Me? You have no interest in this. It's oh. Dark Phoenix comes out tomorrow. It's the latest in the X-Men movies. Sophie Turner, who we know from Game of Thrones, plays Jean Grey. And it's kind of that origin story. Jennifer Lawrence Jennifer is Lawrence, Michael Fassbender, James McAvoy. It's not worth it. Isn't it's it? just Isn't so it slapped together. Slapped. It feels kind of small budget, like scheduling issues. There's something off about it. And I like the X-Men movies. I was hoping for good, but it feels amiss. It does. Everyone feels like they're half in it for the money, half not caring. Well, Jessica they, Chastain's the villain in it. Mm-hmm. Well, they did get them all together to go on Kimmel, almost the entire like cast. I was like shocked. That. Yeah. That must have been in everybody's contract. I think it was. I mean, Because it's a Disney movie? Well, 20th Century Fox okay, owns but it's, this yeah. Yeah. So, so now they, it's Disney. Yeah. So it's. Uh, I think this is going to be the last X Men for a while. I. You know. I. I was disappointed. I want more. Opens tomorrow. I don't think people are going to go see it. Okay. The review. If you read reviews of it, you'll see some. Yeah. Daddy comments. Well, what should we see this weekend? Well, I. I want to recommend two movies. The first is Booksmart. Coming of age. Is this the drum. Olivia Wilde? Yes. We want her directorial debut. Mm-hmm. You yeah, have to go see it. I love high school coming of age movies and knowing that it's written by or written by a group of women, directed by Olivia Wilde, and the idea of these two girls that are book smart that like studied their butts off in high school and then on the last day of school decide to go and show that they can have fun tool. Yeah. And the antics that they get into or try to Do you think it's an instant classic, like I a think clueless so. or yes. sixteen dazed candles? And, yes, dazed and confused, ladybird type. Beanie Feldstein is the lead, and then Caitlin Dever's also in it. And the parents are Lisa Kudrow, Will Forte. Jason Sudeikis is the principal. So go and support these smaller movies that yeah. just don't get the like headlines and the buzz unless you're following them on Twitter. Yeah, I, oh. we wanted, we talked about it because it just was, people were, the critics were it's, raving yeah, about it. Yeah, and you just don't find these types of stories that are done really well. I mean, we can go and watch our CW teen soaps. Yeah. But perfect, I do but love like, a high school coming of age I movie know. and we don't see them very often, you like you said. It, and when they're awkward and you're like, oh, I remember that stage yeah. in my high school. That's mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Is it still in still, wide release? Yes. Okay, so still it's still in, yep. And then, I mean, if you have not seen Rocket Man yet, you so have good. to. I, and listen, I hated Bohemian Rhapsody. What? You did? I Yes. Yeah. Oh. I was so disappointed in that movie. Oh, really? But I think, yes. Because of, they, we, were, they got a lot of things wrong. out of wrong and out of the and, timeline. And but they it, shy it, away from like showing Freddie of who he was or telling his story accurately. And I think Rocketman does that better. You get into the nitty gritty, you get into the salacious, but it's, uh, it's, a love fest for who Elton John is and his music, and it was, and it explains why he, who he is as a person, and very much Karen so. Edgerton. Oh, so good, so good. And he it, does his own singing, goes full out. Yeah, and I thought also, um, you know, Richard Matt. Oh. I mean, I thought that was one of the steamiest sex scenes I've seen. Too brief. Uh, uh, too brief. I agree. <laughs> I kept saying, "Pan down, let's, let's get pan that down, camera." Shot a but, little longer. I mean, it was, it was. They went for it. They went for yes. it. It was steamy and erotic, and I also thought that it 
also brought back in a way that, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody, which was a different kind of movie, but also just the real raw pain about how, you know, you were just thought of as so less and so not yeah. accepted. You can't be a poofter. You can't be gay. I mean, right. it's a, you have to live your life in secret and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I thought that they really they covered it well. They really did. Yeah, and, and it makes it gives me hope for biopic movie musicals. And they did it differently because they make it a jukebox musical. Yes. It's not just a chronological how this song, blah, blah, blah. Like, I loved how they told the story in song. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, I want to promote a little event coming up. Bradley Trainer and I are going to be doing a Q&A at the Trial on Cinema June 16th. It's a Sunday. They're going to be showing uh, the boys in the band and the celluloid closet all weekend long. Get tickets for eight bucks a piece. And then Bradley and I are going to be doing a Q&A talking about these movies, talking about gay cinema in honor of Pride and mm-hmm. the 50th anniversary of the Stone wall ride so i really want people to come out sell out these movies and then join us and talk about it yeah when did boys in the band come? 1970 70 because so, i re- i remember reading that book it's a play yeah it's a play, it a play and, yeah. but then it wasn't it based on a book uh i don't think so i think this playwright just wrote it okay and then he had the same cast go and do the movie and if you think this is way before the aids epidemic oh, yeah. when gay characters were stereotypes tropes and then to show these seven men living their life and then what happens when this thunderstorm kind of get and they get drunk and what happens when they start talking about yeah i'm getting it mixed up with another i'll think of what that book is but this is the play it was on broadway zachary yeah they did a revival last year with zachary last quinto year. jim parsons Matt Bomer. Yep, and then they're turning that into a netflix movie coming up yeah so, next year right yeah mm-hmm. it's it's a fa- it's a fascinating piece and then with the celluloid closet it's all it's a documentary just about gay cinema and mm-hmm. how you didn't talk about gay characters but you could watch these old movies and see how they inferred that they were gay without talking about it and how that has changed over time. And that came out in 1995. And then just to think about how much has changed since then, I would love a new documentary to be made about the progress we're making, how we're not making progress at times too. It's it's great. So come join Bradley and I Sunday, the 16th at what theater? It's at the trial on in South Minneapolis. It's like a 90 seat little theater. They do independent films. Don't even know where that is. It's It's been around for like 10 years now. It's a really great little art house. Where is it? South Minneapolis, like 37th and Minnehaha. What? I, I was new every day. Yeah. yeah. I, I oh, it's a great it. space. They're doing a ton of like summer, like alien series this yeah. summer. Oh, they do great programming yeah. at the Trilon. T R Y L O N dot org okay, for very, tickets. Very good. Any other movies well, that you like? We were talking beforehand about the Keanu Sans right now. Yes. I would love to see Chapter 3. And I haven't seen that yet. Always be my maybe. Be it's my just maybe. a little little one. But John Wick 3. Loved it. I mean, if you want action, if you want just over the top, and Keanu doesn't even have to say a whole lot. He, he does it. How's Halle Berry in it? She's great. Is I mean, she, she good? She can take it. She does action and kicks butt, and she joins him for this long scene because she's another assassin. Assassin. Okay. And then oh, the I two like them that. with these dogs that go and take a ton of men down. Oh, God. And Angelica great. Houston is her part just a little one? She's It's a little part. Okay, but, but I she, mean, yeah, oh, yeah, she chews it up. Oh, she, oh, she's great. I need more Angelica Houston in my life. So I'm, go see that. Okay. Yeah. And Donnie saw Secret Life of Pets. He gave two. It Secret Life of Pets, too. Two. He yeah. gave it. What did you give it? We well, Three I, stars out of four. You know, I got I to gotta back up. I, it really was two and a half. Okay. Yeah, all right, Donnie. Look at you changing your mind. recommendation, Donnie. Donnie. But you said you Laughed and laughed and laughed. I did laugh, but two and a half. Let me like Julia. (laughs) Twenty minutes too long. No, no, it's eighty-six minutes. It's perfect. Oh, that (laughs) is perfect for Secret Life of Pets too. All right, listen.